0: As the business day closed last Friday, published reports announced the removal of Maria Palanti from her duties as the U.S. Register of Copyrights, a role she had held since 2011. Subsequent reporting offers insights on what prompted the surprise move and what it portends for the future of copyright policy in the United States. Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. Just a year ago, Pawlenty had called on Congress to move the Copyright Office from under the control of the Librarian of Congress. Her removal, however, came shortly after the arrival of the new Librarian of Congress. Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly senior writer, joins me from New York City to tell us whether this is all only a coincidence. Welcome back for another Friday, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. Well, we will get to the Maria a Palanti story in just a moment, but first, we'll tell people that uh, one of the biggest and best issues of the year for Publishers Weekly comes out on Monday, and it's the annual Best Books issue.
1: Right, you are. And as the intro to that piece, the, the Best Books piece notes, uh, we publish 52 issues a year here at Publishers Weekly, but this one is our staff favorite, and uh, of course it is. Why not? It's a big sprawling list of the hundred best titles is chosen by our review staff after much reading must, much, much discussion and considerable negotiation. Now I'm not going to go and spoil anyone's read on the list here. So I'm not going to offer you any names here today. Uh, I'll just urge you to pick up the issue on Monday, or you can go to the PW website right now. The entire list is live. Uh, and I'll add to that, that the list, which also includes the top 10 books is called for more than 9,000 books that cross our desks here at PW annually. Uh, It's a mix of fiction and nonfiction with the top 10 evenly split between uh, fiction and nonfiction, five fiction, five nonfiction. Uh, And there's also a list of 50 best kids books as well. So if you're looking for something great to read for yourself or for your little ones, uh, you should check out the PW site or pick up Monday's magazine. And uh, I'll just add my kudos here to my colleagues here on the review staff for another great job and another truly great list. And if you ever needed more evidence that the book business is alive and well, This list is certainly that. Well, indeed. And and
0: 9,000 titles, that's really quite a task. And and, uh, they are good at sorting through and getting to the very best titles. And. any further proof that the book business, the creativity industry in the U.S. Is, is alive and well is certainly evident from all the response to our big news this week. It's big news in the copyright world. And as I mentioned in the intro, um, we have learned that Register of Copyrights, Maria Palanti, uh has left her job. And I know you've been hard at work on the story. So what have you
1: learned? Yes, you know, and this is big news in some ways, uh, because people are certainly reacting to it, but not really that big news uh, at the same time. And, and I'll explain that in a little bit. But first off, in case you missed it, last Friday, the newly confirmed Librarian of Congress, Carla Hayden, uh, made her first big move. And boy, was it a big one. Uh, she essentially ousted Register of Copyright's Maria Pallante. Uh, in an October 21 memo, Hayden abruptly removed Pallante from the Copyright Office and initially reassigned her to a senior advisor position at the Library of Congress. Uh, but this week, Polante declined the new assignment and actually resigned from the Library of Congress altogether. Uh, and that came down on Monday, which was October 24th. Now, two notes before we get into this much further. A number of publications have published a memo from Carla Hayden in which she described the senior advisor job that she wanted Pallante to do at the library. And I have to say, it sounds like a really cool job. And it suggests that Hayden does indeed have grand plans for the Library of Congress, And I hope someone actually takes that job. But I also understand why Palante would not accept it. You know, after managing a staff of more than 400 at the Copyright Office and advising Congress, uh, you know, a a small office at the Library of Congress, reporting to Associate Librarian David Mao twice a week or once a week seems like a bit of a step down.
0: Indeed. But but let's get into it a little further. There was a lot of strong reaction, as you mentioned, to the dismissal. And as happens with these kinds of stories, plenty of speculation. So, So give us more of the reporting you've done.
1: Yeah, for sure. There was a lot of strong reaction, and Palante's departure was met with uh, dismay in the content industries, where Palante was pretty much seen as a very strong ally. Uh, A statement from the Authors Guild, where Palante once worked as an associate director in the early 90s, called Palante someone who embodied the principle that copyright exists to benefit the public by incentivizing new works of authorship, and also someone who believed that the rights of individual creators need to be respected. Uh, In Billboard, uh, our friend Robert Levine speculated That Part of what may have gotten Palante dismissed was that Hayden is perceived to favor looser copyright laws, and he cited Hayden's role as president of the American Library Association, which Levine characterized as, and I'll quote him here, an organization that lobbies for greater public access to creative works sometimes at the expense of creators. Uh, Levine also called out uh, the Obama administration's close ties to technology companies, which he asserted also tend to value copyright exceptions over the rights of copyright owners. I think that's a little simplistic, but that's the, what we're getting from the the content creator, or the copyright industry side of the debate here. But multiple sources have told me, and all of them on background, I think it's funny that nobody wants to go uh, straight out and be identified here, that Polante's ouster was not really that sudden, and then it was not really rooted in any specific disagreement over copyright policy. Rather, the sources said, and they all agreed, they all said it, was that uh, this was a matter of Hayden getting the library's house in order. And that's because Polante had strongly recommended to lawmakers that the Copyright Office be removed from under the purview of the Library of Congress and made into an independent executive agency, uh, with the register becoming a Senate-confirmable presidential employee. Uh, If the Congress wants to move the Copyright Office, it can do so, explained one source, who again, asked not to be identified, but for now it's part of the library of Congress and Carla Hayden simply couldn't have a subordinate working for her and at the same time pushing Congress to break her off and make her into an independent presidentially appointed uh, agency. So, you know, another source agreed with that and stressed that there really was no Silicon Valley plot to remove Palante and sort of jam in a more tech friendly register. And a number of reports have actually suggested this and had said that this was a a Google led hit by Carla Hayden uh, on Maria Palante. And I have to say that all of this really makes sense to me. You know, when Polante was out there pushing for independence for the copyright office, you know, it might not have mattered that much to James Billington, who was on his way out at the copyright office. But I think Maria Polante had to probably know that whoever the new librarian was, was probably not going to see her pleas to Congress as, you know, her willingness to be a team player, shall we say.
0: Okay. So personalities and human resources, maybe what was the driving force behind all of this and not policy? Uh, But is it fair to say that policy
1: could have mattered down the line? It is absolutely fair to say that, and while you know, my sources also insist that disagreements over copyright policy were not the driving factor in her removal. Here, Palante was a somewhat polarizing leader. You know, she was supported and praised very strongly by the content industries on one side, and criticized by Silicon Valley and to some degree the library community on the other side. Uh, you know, I like to read Mike Maznick on the popular blog Techdirt every now and then, um, and he wrote that you know, new blood was kind of needed at the copyright office, and that Palante's legacy. He was marred by things like her support of the controversial ill-fated stop online piracy Act uh, or it was known as SOPA uh, and he also called that he said that she had a bunch of bad ideas on copyright form but Masnik also pointed out that it was a pretty curious decision on Polante's part to recently weigh in against the FCC over its plan to open up cable set-top boxes and that plan is a plan that President Obama has vocally and strongly supported uh, but he also added you know Masnick is was pretty balanced on this and some ways. He said that Pellante herself wasn't as bad as some critics made her out to be. And he conceded that she actually had some good ideas on copyright reform as well. But he ultimately conceded that in his view, it seemed like the copyright office needed someone who isn't just representing Hollywood's viewpoint and recognizes that copyright itself is supposed to benefit the public first and foremost. And I think that's a pretty good point because copyright today is no longer just about the media and the entertainment industry. With the rise of social media, it touches people in a way that that historically it never really did how true
0: that is. I couldn't agree more about that point. Copyright Today is a much bigger story than it's ever been. And so that's why we're talking about all of this. So people are going to ask, what happens now?
1: Well, my own reach is, you know, my own read, excuse me, is that not very much. You know, the content industries are really upset about this. And I've gotten a number of, you know, pretty almost hysterical emails, I would say, about what's going on over there. But the fact is, is that the register of copyrights really doesn't have that much significant power. In fact, it's still Congress that holds all all the cards here. Uh, and I, I don't really see how a new register is going to affect the kind of dramatic changes that the content industries seem to be fearing right now. Now, you can disagree with me on how powerful the register of copyright is, but I just don't see any examples of how the register without action from Congress is going to make any of the sorts of things that the content industry seem to be fearing now happen. Uh, and I hope that's you know, somewhat comforting <laughs> for some, some people out there. But let me get back to the uh, immediate action of what's going to happen now. And that's that Hayden is forming a search committee and looking for a permanent replacement. And that process, I grant you may it a little messy as you get people with different interests uh, involved in the search committee. But in the end, it's going to be Hayden's hire. Uh, there's no congressional oversight of that. It, it's hers to, to put in place and hers only unless Congress changes the laws. And in the interim, Karen temple claggett is the associate register and she's going to run the copyright office, but back to Congress for a second, because the question I think was raised in, in, a number of statements from Congress on this, including from Orrin Hatch. Uh, the big question I think is whether or not this is going to prod Congress to actually remove or work to remove the copyright office from the library uh, as has been proposed. But, you know, Since when has Congress ever favored creating a new federal bureaucracy led by a presidential appointee? I, I honestly just can't see that happen. Uh, and as for modernizing the Copyright Office, and no one disagrees that that must be done, Congress can still do that whenever they want to. They can appropriate the funds. And in a statement, Carla Hayden said that she intends to build on the work that Palante did on modernization. Now, is Congress going to act on this? Um, my guess is that Probably not. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that we're going to see more special committees investigating a President Hillary Clinton, if she's elected, uh, than committees on modernizing the Copyright Office. Uh, As for broader copyright reform... Sources also tell me not to really expect it, and I gather that's not going to come as a surprise to anybody. And another one said that, you know, Polante with her Next Great Copyright Act, which was a report she created in 2013 and gave a number of speeches on, may have put her out over her skis. You know, in other words, in fact, you know, this copyright is one area where Congress seems really gridlocked. You know, you may see nibbles around the edges on some of these copyright issues, but the Next Great Hobby, Copyright Act, the, the uh, wholesale reform of copyright, that does feel a little... Overly ambitious, shall we say, for where Congress is right now. But in closing, I'll just quote Emily Shekatov, who's the executive director of the ALA's Washington office, who noted that Palante's removal makes clear at least one thing, that uh, the future of the U.S. Copyright Office is a high priority for one government official, and that's Carla Hayden. Well, we appreciate the reporting and the analysis
0: that we get every Friday from Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly senior writer. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for being here on Beyond the Book, Andrew. My pleasure as always. Fundamental to scholarly publishing as the originator, the creator of valued content, is the researcher. Once upon a time, researchers lay in the shadows, but they are forgotten no more. A good deal of the credit goes to the rise of the open access movement and the business models that come with it, particularly the management of article processing charges, which add the role of customer to the role of creator. This shift has sparked a wave of entrepreneurial innovation among publishers as well as third party players. And earlier this month at the Frankfurt Book Fair, Copyright Clearance Center hosted its annual town hall on open access. Panelists like Brandon Nordine of the American Chemical Society shared how new service offerings expressly for authors enhance user experience, build community, and brand loyalty. As a community, the STM Publishing uh, Marketplace has navigated successfully the transition from print to digital compared to some of the other industries that we've often been compared to. The challenge is we actually have a very conservative user base and in some cases a conservative channel that still apply old paradigms to uh, the market. An open access town hall from Frankfurt Book Fair, next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center with its subsidiaries Rights Direct in the Netherlands and Ixis in the United Kingdom. CCC is a global leader in content workflow, document delivery, text and data mining, and rice licensing technology. You can follow Beyond the Book on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to the free podcast series on iTunes or at our website beyondthebook.com. Our engineer and co-producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book.